get into anything i have i've received something really weird in the mail yeah, just so, very this recently. is the dreams of a better day podcast by the way oh. yeah <laughs> in case it's you still aware working on the whole intro you thing. On. we'll get them one of these days <laughs> i received in the mail a rather large packet with a a Ble- uh, financial blessings handkerchief from some church in Florida. And this thing is I don't know like it's very large uh, font. Please do not open these prophecies until after you have placed your prayer page page two of our letter to you and the prosperity handkerchief back in the mail before sunset tomorrow or the next day. God will help you do this. You will see. But apparently, we've opened the prophecy already. So. I did. I didn't even. I didn't even read that page until I'd already opened it. So <laughs> we're in trouble. But it's this. First of all, this handkerchief is a piece of paper with like a handkerchief-like pattern printed on it, and it's the prosperity handkerchief. Oh, pardon me. And it's. I guess the the way this works is. I should have taken the handkerchief and mailed it back to them mm-hmm. and then open up the prophecies and the prophecies only come true if I had mailed it back, I guess, followed the mail proper mailing procedure. But this thing, the font is huge and they have like, it's all printed, but they have these weird like make underlines. It, they make it look like they underline things with pen, and they have arrows pointing to anything alluding <laughs> to the fact that you will have some huge financial blessing. And there's pictures of all these happy couples who receive these blessings uh, be- from sending this handkerchief back in before they read the prophecies. <laughs> but like. You mentioned this, Ben. One of the things they do is like on the there's like these side panels with pictures and captions of what will happen if you send in this handkerchief, and one of them is just money in the bank. <laughs> and what kind of money is on there, Ben? Yeah, it's just a, a roll of what is it, hundreds yeah, rolled a, up with a rubber band. <laughs> yeah, a roll of hundreds uh, held together by a rubber band. Which you know, I'm no expert on the streets, but. I'm pretty sure people paying for <laughs> that's not how you get money things. out of the bank, right? Yeah, I have never withdrawn cash, and they gave me you know rolled up bills. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is exciting. So I I filled out the order. Well, I guess order form is the wrong word for it. The the blessings order form. Yeah, and um, marked down that uh, we would like blessings for the dreams of a better day podcast. However, we've already opened the prophecies, so maybe we won't be getting these oh. blessings. We sure could use the blessings. <laughs> but this, the whole thing is so loud. Yeah, it's, it's obnoxious. It, it, like, I, when I first started reading it, I could hear, like, Billy Mays <laughs> yeah. in my head. It's like, listing off all of these blessings that you'll get. More happiness, healings, money in the bank. <laughs> and there's a picture of a Cadillac, too. Holy uh, yeah, it, it is very much like an infomercial in its presentation. Yeah. Um, there's just like bold, bright colors on the um, advertisement. and Yeah, you, yeah you, it's like they're screaming at you about like, I don't know. Well, you know, it reminds me of like those like used car commercials. Yeah, yeah. It is very much like that. They're very brash and bold and loud yeah. and in your face. And speak of the devil. <laughs> Speaking of used car lot commercials. This week, we watched the debut of the Kendrick Brothers, Flywheel. Yeah. It came out in what, 2003, 2004? Two, two, 2003. The two, same th- year as one of the Lord of the Rings movies. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. have a baseline. Yeah, for- hot off the heels of Return of the King. <laughs> uh, the Kendrick Brothers release, Flywheel. And it's the story of... Jay Austin. 
Yeah, Jay Austin is a used car salesman. Yeah, he owns the lot. In fact, well, he rents the lot. Apparently. Yes, and he charges. I. I've heard, well, let's start with this. This is the Kendrick Brothers' first movie, but we can see the development of the the Kendrick formula for yeah. their movies. Where you remember with uh, Facing the Giants, they just present, they bombard you with all these problems yeah. that need to be fixed, and so. They present this guy as having like this very crooked business practices. Mm. We and, should mention um, the star of the movie is mm. Alex Kendrick. Yes, also the coach from Facing the Giants. Yes, and he has a crooked business. There's uh, marital tension, yes. and it's also established that he has daddy issues. He does not get along well with his father, and he also this guy also Jay Austin also has really bad relationship with his son as well. Yes, so whole. Cats in the Cradle sort of uh, situation. Motif. Yes. And, yeah, so he's got issues with his kids. He's got... It's, it is the classic Kendrick Brothers formula. You can see how in all of their later movies, they're just kind of riffing off of these same exact issues over and over again. Job issues, uh, marriage issues, family issues, like the, the, the work... Fl- place that the person is in has issues as well that need to be dealt with facing the giants you know the school needed um revival uh in fireproof the the firemen needed to learn to work together as a team you yeah know, no one is left behind uh, yeah. so it's got all of the classic kendrick brothers issues in it mm-hmm. But, but this is their first go at the bat. This it, yeah. is this is their first attempt at making one of these movies. It, what was the budget for this movie? Twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars. Which so, that's impressive. Yeah, the, it's because it's a lo- it's almost two hours long. It was yeah, a pretty long it, it movie. Was a very long movie. Because <laughs> when we got about an hour in, we thought it was almost over and realized we were only halfway through. <laughs> but the obviously it's a twenty thousand dollar budget, and like the beginning credits reminded me of like educational videos i used to watch in like science class like the cheesy background and like the like a blue like gears and stuff right yeah and then like just the the weird uh text transitions (laughs) but i mean they had twenty thousand dollars to work with here right good for them yeah making a movie with it i guess and the it's. I think I said this at the beginning. It sort of reminded me of Clerks, not the not the story, not right. the the like just like the production quality of it, just that low budget sort of motif. Mm-hmm. And uh, motif, yeah, low budget motif. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it so, has that same like grainy, yeah, sort of like weird sound quality. It looks like it was um, the movies that my little brother and I used to make with my parents' VHS recorder. Yeah, right. Yeah, it sort of did. It, it, like, half the time it sounds like they're just using the mic that's on the camera for the recording. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the sound quality changes mm-hmm. with every shot. Yeah. You can hear buzzing sometimes, sometimes you can't. Yeah. And the, the movie opens with Jay Austin buying an old Triumph convertible from some Someone, guy with yeah. who, I don't know, he has this very mint condition triumph in his barn i forgot about this part yeah because you remember like the opening was so weird because there's the educational video credits and then it's just jay austin and this guy he bought the car from they like walk across like a field and shake each other's hands oh, very yeah. briefly That's and then right. both like walk away from each that other that was all there was, was to that scene yeah <laughs> that didn't need to be in the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and it again it, the beginning is all about establishing very thoroughly that Jay Austin participates in shady, what they, shady, shady business, business practices. Yeah. Which, what, like, I don't know. We talked about this a little bit where he just marks the cars up yeah, a lot. So, yeah. So that's one of the things like there were, there were definitely certain things he was doing that were shady business practices. Like in one of the opening scenes, he's selling a car to a guy and the guy's like, so I see the bumper's been replaced on this thing. It hasn't been any accidents, has it? He's like, no, we just cleaned that up from some scratches that it had and repainted it. And then after they've sold the car, he goes back into his two employees and they're both like, I can't believe you sold that car that had been in that accident. (laughs) Um, So he's obviously lying to these people. But the big thing that they get him on in the movie, like his biggest criticism, is that he's marking up the vehicles too high. Which 
I'm no socialist. I believe in the free market. So if he's willing, you know, if he has a car lot and wants to sell them at a price that he determines is a fair price and people are willing to pay that price for them, I don't know that that's necessarily wrong. Right. Yeah. Now, if he's lying about the vehicles to sell them at that price, that's one That's one thing. Yeah, it's like, at best, it's a gray moral yes. quandary. Yes. Um, but... I mean, the market determines the value, so right. yeah. he, he can sell them for whatever he wants, and the business may fail. I don't know. I do research before I buy cars. Yeah. Like, I, uh, oh, but that's the other weird thing. All of the prices, none of them were, like, in the tens of thousands of dollars. Right. It was yeah. all, like, 5000 6000 9000 was the highest one, I think. Right, yeah. It's like, these aren't that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So maybe in 2003, before the crash, you know, vehicles were... That's true. <laughs> cheaper. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I, I can't stress enough how much these this movie looks like a home video. Uh, yeah. It, it was really, really rough. And I say that to say I'm impressed with how far the Kendrick brothers have come. Having watched Fireproof and... Facing the Giants, mm-hmm. like, they've definitely improved yeah, in their ability sure. to make a movie. Um, cinematographically speaking, not story or plot. Uh, right, but yeah. They, they've really improved in that. And that probably has to do with them having a larger budget now. Right, yeah. But, uh, so it was nice to go back and see where they came from, because it was, it was a mess. Yeah, and so, the movie spends a long time establishing that he is a car salesman and that he works at a car lot and that he is maybe a shady businessman. And also, they his two sales salesmen are these rather large... Yes, burly might be the right yeah, word. Yeah, they're rather burly uh, gentlemen who... Again, like Fireproof... <laughs> And, and facing and the, giants. Facing the like giants. the banter is so bad. The workplace banter. <laughs> it's it's funny. Like they, uh, the Kendrick brothers love food. They do. They, they do. It plays food. an integral role in, yeah. Yeah. like for instance, in Fireproof. The whole reason yeah. the 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 straw that breaks the camel's back when is, it comes to Caleb's Caleb is hungry. Caleb is hungry. Yeah. And in this movie, the two salesmen are. Always hungry. They're, they're always talking about food. And they're always eating. Yeah. Like chips. There was one scene where, like, the one guy's, like, eating a bag of chips and he pulls out the last chip and the other guy's like, hey, give me that last chip. And then the other coworker just slowly puts the yeah. chip in his mouth and eats it. One, if you're at the bottom of the bag of chips, you're not pulling out a whole chip like that. I'm sorry. It's going to be yeah, crumbs I didn't at even that think point. That. Yeah. Uh, so plot hole there. But also, uh, he's eating a bag of chips and you ask him to save you one chip. I mean, I don't think this guy understands how chips work. (laughs) You're not going to get that much satisfaction out of one chip. No. And they had another bag of chips there because then he started eating that bag of chips. But yes, the workplace banter. I I have a whole theory of chips that I should go into sometime. But Do you? Not really. Oh, okay. (laughs) But in this movie, um, the chips were, they were part of um, a major portion of time on the screen was spent on eating of chips yeah and then after the used car lifestyle and the hungry salesmen have been very firmly established uh jay's wife comes into the shop it's a lunch it's lunchtime and she asks uh if jay would like some food and he's on the phone at the time yeah having what appears to be another shady conversation yeah and that's when we we uh see that his marriage may be in trouble because he's very terse with his wife and is prioritizing his work call over a conversation with his wife. And he says, just get whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, do you want a burger? And he's like, get whatever. I don't care. Yeah. And then his, his son gives him a, a picture of a race car that he drew and puts it on his desk. We need to talk about the age of the son. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can we please talk about the age of the son? We don't find out his age till the end. And he's in... Third, third grade? grade, which is yeah. eight or nine, but this kid is clearly like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, he's yeah. he is not a third grader, and so it's really weird seeing this like basically a middle schooler coming in with like a picture that he drew for his dad, and then 
he, the son goes in the other room and Jay's mad, so he just crumples up. Yeah. He crumples up a couple papers. Yeah, he's like throwing away things on his desk to clean it up because he's upset that his phone call didn't go well. Yeah. And then he crumples up his kid's picture and throws it into the garbage can by his desk. Yeah, but then the son finds the picture in the trash. Yeah. Cue cats there's, in the cradle. Yeah, there's like a 30, long, 30 second long scene of just the kids staring <laughs> Dude, directly into the camera. And it like zooms in on him and then zooms back out. <laughs> and he hangs his head. And uh, they're really rubbing your face in it. Yeah, the, the movie did not have long shots of people's faces because every, every actor in the movie wasn't quite able to express Ex- some emotions. Yeah, like facially express the emotions they were having because Jay always looks confused. <laughs> it's the same as in Facing the Giants. Yeah. He has the same look on his face the entire movie. Right. <laughs> and then, so, uh, the kid, it's just this long shot of the kid. It zooms in, zooms out, and, um, and then Jay finally goes home and again, they establish the uh, uh, tenseness in the house because uh, his wife is like, I thought you were going to be home at five. And he, mm-hmm. they both have a lot of, they give each other attitude. Yeah. And what is, I can't remember what he says, but he says something like, I had to work. Or yeah. Something like that. It wasn't a very good excuse. Yeah. I don't remember what it was exactly. But he was just like, yeah, well, I, I I, had, I guess I'm late. I think he says, I guess I'm late. Oh, before I forgot this, going back to the lunch thing where the wife goes out and gets him lunch, she asks him if he wants a burger, and he's like, a burger's fine. Then they come back with a chicken sandwich. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's like... That was the Chick-fil-A, I bet. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it might have been. Because in the end of the movie, there's a special thank you to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah I bet that was the Chick-fil-A. What's weird, though... Is I think the wife's playing games. I don't know. I don't know if they meant this, but like that's the scene where there's the only subtext in the movie is where she asked him if he wants a burger, then gets him a chicken sandwich. It's like uh, Robert California level uh, games. It's like the the yeah, what is it the marmalade or the basil plant? Have you ever seen that episode of no. The Office? Yeah. But basically, you're saying she did it on purpose just to mess with him. I th- it must have been because I think what the movie was trying to do though was just establish that Jay's not a nice guy because he's yeah just disdainful. He didn't get what he the, yeah, was but he literally said like a burger's fine, yeah. and then she gets him a chicken sandwich. <laughs> 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 All right, so they go home that evening. Um, uh, they, the husband and wife, Jay, and I don't remember her name. We never remember the wives' names in these <laughs> movies. because they're never significant characters yeah. in these movies. They're always just there. Yeah, because she's there to serve as, I guess, some kind of moral compass. But all they do, all her lines are just like nagging. Which they try to, like, it's an attempt, I think, to present Jay as just this bad guy and his wife is just fed up. But it... It really make it makes her come off really badly. Yeah, and I don't even know if they intended that, but it, she does come off really badly in this movie. Yeah, because she's all like, almost. I think there's one line, one conversation with her that she doesn't start out with nagging, but she gets to it in that conversation. Yes, and then they have a conversation at the dinner table, and he, she's like, "How many cars did you sell today?" And he's like, "One." And, but what I love is she knows his inventory, like she knows, like he says, like the the eighty eight Honda. And she's like, how much did you sell it for? Like, she knows the inventory and, and what all these cars are. Maybe she should be running the, the car the car lot. She's like, that one? And how much did you sell it for? And he sold it for, what, like five or six? Yeah. And it's it worth like two worth, or three. Yeah. And she's like, uh, can't believe you would rip people off. And then he just looks at her and says, you benefit from it. <laughs> yeah. And you, you said it's like, it almost sounds like a, a mob boss. Yeah, it's like, like the Tony Soprano telling his yeah. wife, you know, you, I've given you all this beautiful house yeah. and all this jewelry. <laughs> it's like, you're not that yeah. rich, buddy. Yeah. This is about family. <laughs> and so they, they have this uh, like interchange and then the kid... What's the son's name? I don't even remember what his Yeah. I don't remember what the son's name, but the son has a friend over. Yeah. And Jay, well, first of all, Jay has one of his car lots commercials come on to the television. Yeah. Yeah. We have to talk about the car lot commercials. The best part of this movie is their understanding of used car commercials. Yeah. 
They're so realistic. They nailed yeah. they used car lot commercial perfectly. Yeah. Which, if you think about it, these types of Christian movies are sort of the used car salesman of Christian movies. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that the Kendrick brothers understood how to sell like a used car lot commercial. Yeah. Which if if they, you know, end up failing in the Christian movie business, I would suggest to them that they go into making commercials for right. used car lots. Yeah. Yes, because they nailed it. Like I've seen those commercials on TV before. Exactly like that, you know, where there's these flashy graphics on the screen. Very much like the um this Bible prophecy handkerchief blessing letter that you received in yeah. the mail here. They're flashy. They're low production quality. There's, you know, some guy on the screen who's like, we're crazy. Our prices are so low. Uh, like they nailed it. And it was the best part of the movie, really. No, for sure. And so the son and his friend are watching this. And his friend asks him, like, there's your dad. Or says, there's your dad on TV. And the son's like, yeah. And then I think the kid asks him, like, do you want to sell cars or something when you grow up? And then uh, the son explains to this kid exactly what his dad's business practices yeah, are. I'm amazed that the kid knows so much about it. Which I guess that's because just... his mom and dad talk about their problems at the dinner table right in front of him. That's true. They're always having a discussion. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so he definitely knows that his dad is ripping people off. Yeah, but Jay's in the kitchen and overhears the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. And I guess this might be the. It's the beginning of where the we see potential point? for a turning yeah. point, at least, because Jay doesn't like hearing his son. I guess he it just yeah, he doesn't like hearing his son right. not want to be like him. Or, yeah, or hearing his son say what he does hits him or yeah. whatever. And then they go to church, and dude, <laughs> oh man, the shadiest thing, the scummiest that thing, Jay this man. Austin does <laughs> is the. First of all, they definitely filmed this during an actual church service. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, it's the offertory, and so the, the ushers are passing out the collection plates. Yep. And Jay gets out his envelope. He's, like, looking around, and he just <laughs> he just peeks into his envelope. To make sure it's empty, I guess. To make sure that he didn't accidentally put 10% of his income into the envelope. <laughs> and then... His wife sees him out of the corner of her eye, and she just, like, rolls her eyes at him. She's just sick of his crap. Yeah. And then he puts the empty envelope into the offering plate, which a lot of churches... Yeah, so usually when you have those envelopes, they're marked with, like, a number for you specifically, if you're a member of the church. Like, they give you... That's the way my church does it. They give you a box of envelopes at the beginning of the year for you, you know, one for each week. And you put the money in, and it's marked with your number so that you get, like, a tax thing at the end of the year, like, because these are charitable donations, and so you can write them off on your taxes. So if he's putting empty envelopes in there, the theory would be that the church knows that who's putting the empty envelopes yeah. in because they're getting them with his member number on there. It could be that they just have envelopes that are yeah, unmarked. Maybe. Possibly. I think some churches have that and you just write your number in or write your name on it. Something like that. But if if not, if these are his membership envelopes, he's not fooling anybody at the church anyway. But the idea is that he wants everybody sitting around him to think he's giving to the church. And he's not really. Yeah. So he's just putting on a show. Practicing, sham of all practicing his righteousness before men. <laughs> right. <laughs> some might say. And so his wife gives him crap for that when they get home. In front of their son. She talks about... All of this happens in front of their son. And there's no... She doesn't... They don't acknowledge that he's there. So she... And they never have her talking to her son about... Like... Oh, yeah, you're right. I never thought about that. He's just learning all the things that his dad does. I'm telling you, man, cat's in the cradle. Like, (laughs) this should, if I could have replaced the sound, because first, the soundtrack to this movie was the same three, like, synth or piano notes. It was like a synth, yeah. Over it, like, just this, this loop. Like, anytime, this, again, it goes back to Jay's expression, never changes. The music never changes. It's always the same music for every emotion, everything, anything that's going on, they have the same three notes playing in loop. Oh, yeah. And so, um, 
So the sun's picking up all these bad habits. Yeah, clearly. So back to work. Yeah, so he gets a call from the his lender at the bank saying he owes two months of rent for his lot and for the cars that he has on the lot. And he's in trouble because he doesn't have the money for it. So he decides, does he, is this the point where he decides to, like, he, he doesn't decide to start dealing honestly yet. But he, we've seen that he's got, so he's got marriage trouble, he's got family trouble, he's got... Oh, and business trouble, because he's trouble. not selling as many cards as he normally does, or at right. least it was a bad month. Right, yeah, they were selling poorly, so he's got business troubles as well, and he's kind of in a bind, because he doesn't know what to do. He's going to lose the business, he's afraid that, well, he doesn't, he hasn't cognitively realized that he's going to lose his family at some point yet, until that evening. When he's sitting watching TV. Oh, yeah. And that's when it all comes together. Because mm-hmm. he's watching, he's flipping through the channels, and a TV preacher comes on. A TV preacher at the church that who he produced attends. the movie. Because it's like Sherwood Productions yeah. and it's Sherwood Baptist Church or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm assuming it was act like an actual sermon that the yeah. church had yeah. that they just put Copyright on. Copyright stuff, all yeah. that. So they, um, he listens to the sermon, and the preacher is. Uh, in classic Baptist preacher form, you know, he's on a roll kind of going and yeah, saying, all the problems that you have are because of the choices you've yeah, made. It's sort of like the, I guess like the arc of the sermon. They, they don't show a lot of the sermon, but yeah, in the, in the part that he's preaching, it's, you know, your, your marriage is the way it is because of decisions you've made. Your family's the way it is because of the decisions you've made. Your finances are the way they are because of the decisions you've made. And Jay seems to be, like, he seems like he's paying attention, like, yeah. he's actually hearing what the guy is saying. You can't tell because Jay's face is the same. He looks, <laughs> he looks perplexed. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like he's paying attention and getting it. Um, but then he shuts off the TV. But uh, the, the preacher also is like, you know, Jesus can help you with these things, essentially. And so uh, Jay... Oh, well, you know what told us he understood what the guy was saying. Or this is my theory. When, yeah, he's watching TV as the remote in his hand. He stays there kind of like still pointing the remote at the channel. And then about like 30 seconds into the sermon, he just tosses the remote away. Sort of, I don't know if it was Signifying meant to, yeah. his giving up of control. Right, because his facial expressions just weren't. <laughs> yeah. weren't this is all we have to work with here. I guess he directed, Alex Kendrick wrote, produced, directed, and starred in this. Yes. He needed a better director. <laughs> um, so that that's where we first see the hints that there's going to be something happening in uh, Jay Austin's life. Yeah, but he. This is is this before he stoops? Like I think the minister thing already has happened at this point. Oh yeah, he. Oh, that's not what you're talking. No, about. yeah, he just sells the. Did we talk about that? No, yeah. We well, he sold a. Uh, a, a car a in his shady way to his own pastor. Yeah, for like yeah, it, the car was worth like three thousand dollars, and he sold it for like nine or something like that. Yeah, which nine thousand dollars for a car is still not that bad. Right. There were there was like eighty five thousand miles on it too. Like yeah, it, was, it was low mileage. It was a Toyota. Yeah. Uh, so he watches the TV preacher, and, and you know, the the sermon this, comes after this heated. Uh, like debate with his wife over pizza. And remember, he slams the <laughs> table pizza. with his fist. Yeah. And it's like it's just like in uh, Fireproof when Caleb uh, like hits the wall. <laughs> you are grateful, grateful. as Kurt Cameron woman. said to us when he was on. Yeah, the podcast. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's, as again with the it was uh, unhinged Kendrick. One might it, say, yeah, unhinged Kendrick. Not quite as good as unhinged Cameron, but we'll take it. Yeah. Um, Did yes. he change his facial expression when he was angry? I, I think remember. he still looked confused. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So they have that. The, he sees the sermon. He tosses the remote as you know, a metaphor for like relinquishing control. <laughs> and then it cuts to the shop again, where one of his uh, cronies oh, is trying yeah. to sell a car to this girl, like college which, girl. Yeah, I think they're trying to establish this guy's trying to. Fl- I don't know. He's trying to cut a deal with. I don't remember what happens because on one hand, it seemed like they're trying to establish like 
this guy kind of likes this girl because she's good looking. I, no, I thought he was just trying to rip her off. Oh, okay. Like, he was just trying to make the deal no matter what. Oh, okay. That was what I got from it. Like, he was being nice to her because he wanted to just get her to spend this money that she couldn't afford on a car that wasn't good. Yeah. And then... Um, Jay. Then, he's, then he starts pointing out <laughs> their shady business. Like, before he even... Tells them to change their ways. He does not acknowledge that the reason they're doing this is because of him. Yeah, he's probably been demanding him. to run business this way. He has been. He, yeah. He, yeah, he tells them multiple times, you know, you need to sell more cars. And then he makes that shady deal and Jay's just like, you need to straighten up your act. He starts berating <laughs> him for being a, a dishonest businessman. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah, it, it was very... I guess it was sort of... I, maybe they were doing it on purpose, like he's, you know, pointing out the, what's the metaphor, the the speck in his neighbor's eye while he has a oh, log in his uh, own eye yeah, kind of I thing. Su- maybe that's what they were going for there. Or it could have just been bad writing. I think it had to have been. Like, how could he be so, so un, like, self-unaware? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's another... There's two other guys who work at the shop. Yeah, there's a guy who, like, washes the cars, and there's a mechanic. Yeah. I cannot remember anybody's name. George McDonald, isn't that the guy who works on the cars? Oh, yeah, George, yeah. I think that's his name. And the other guy's name, I don't recall. I can't remember either. But it doesn't matter because he isn't really important to the movie at all. In fact, could have been left out of the movie yeah. and nothing would have changed about right. the movie. However, there is one reason I know that he's in the movie. Yeah. And that is that he is a black guy. Seriously, yeah. That is the reason he is in the movie. Fireproof did this too. Yes. We're like Yeah, the only reason why these characters are in the movie at all is just because they're Black, because yep. they sort of, I don't know, sort of passively perpetuate stereotypes a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's like you said, like, like he did not have to be in the, He does not no, there, play he, any he, kind of integral role to anything. There's no reason for this character to be in the movie, except they wanted to have the funny black guy. Yeah. Which is exactly the role that he plays. Yeah. He, he, there's a scene where... But it's not written well. Yeah. There's a scene where... Like, if it, if it had been Dave Chappelle or somebody, maybe it could have been funny. But, the, like, there's this scene where they're all sitting around at the shop, and one of the guys is, like, um, they're talking about how they're, like, there's the two salesmen are, like, these two big fat guys. And they're talking about how they're, like, uh, strong guys trapped in, um, you know, a fat man's body or something like this. And then this character is just, like, I'm just a black man in a black man's body working with a bunch of funky white people. And like, that's why he's in the movie for lines like that. That's the only reason he's there. He he has no character. There's no like plot element that revolves around him, except that he is literally the token black guy. Yeah, And it's sort of embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And both Fireproof and Facing the Giants have had this character. Mm-hmm. And it may have actually been the same actor, now that I think about yeah, it, and maybe, Facing the Giants. Yeah. Might, yeah. Oh. Um, and then after he has this confrontation with his employees, and then the, we have to address the flywheel scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. We haven't yeah. talked about the flywheel. Yeah. The title flywheel, I know... Uh, nothing about cars. Yes. But the, I, even after the, like, which the great thing about this movie, you didn't have to know Yeah, about I think cars I know less about because cars the, now. the mechanic pretty thoroughly explains what the flywheel is. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, when you I turn still, the key to engage the starter, it like catches the flywheel and something uh, with yeah, the engine something, and the transmission. Yeah, yeah. It's all technical. Yeah. Language, this, you know. uh, this is a in the. Yes. The, this is more of a, a layman's podcast. Uh, yes. Not a technical. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're not mechanics here, but essentially you need the flywheel to start the engine. Yeah. Is the. And so he uses that flywheel. If the flywheel's missing. Yeah. Then the engine's not going to run. Yeah. What is sort of a metaphor for? Oh yeah, and he's not going because this Triumph that he bought at the beginning isn't running, and I guess they need a new flywheel for it. And the thing the guy says after explaining the flywheel to Jay, until we get that piece that fixes the engine, 
it's going nowhere. All of, all of that to say, it's a metaphor for, for Jay's entire life. Yeah, the the car Jay's, itself yeah. is like Jay. Yeah, the spiritual absence yeah. in Jay's life. Yep. So he needs the flywheel, and yeah. oh, and then this is really where I stopped taking notes. Yeah. The then movie. I remember there was another <laughs> scene where he confronts his employees. Yeah, and he tells them. You, we are. I am. T- I am marking down all the cars. To yeah. So he replicate. started to have a change of heart. It may have been with the flywheel conversation where he kind of starts to have a change of heart because he kind of has a little bit of a breakdown there where he's talking to George mm-hmm. and he's basically like, "Here's all of my problems, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And that's when George drops the flywheel line. Yeah. On him, and so I. Th- and again, the banter in this scene... That's, that's also the... Like, he goes home that night and apologizes to his wife. Yeah, And he's yeah. like, I need to change my ways. Oh, yeah, because he sits down with her. He's like, there's something i got to talk about. And she's like, Jay? First of all, she says Jay A hundreds lot. of times in this movie. Every, like, every line she addresses him, she's always like, Jay. And as a, as a husband and wife would do. Right, yeah. I, I never address my wife without saying her name. Right. And so... Um, and so... Um, <laughs> She looks at him and says, Jay, are you dying? <laughs> and he's like, no. It's, it's the room all over again. I, know. I definitely have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she asks him that, and then they have a discussion about how he wants to change things, and he asks his wife to pray for him. Mm-hmm. And then, then the next day, he has another conversation with his employees. Yeah. And this is the, one of the line. All I have written down. There's a line in that scene where somebody calls some. He's, somebody says to somebody else, "You're a goober." And when it's he explains, one of the salesmen and when the, yeah, and when he explains that they're going to uh, mark down the cars, the, the, the one guy's just like, "Oh, that stinks." <laughs> I don't know. This is like this close up of his face. It's like, "Oh, that, that stinks." stinks. <laughs> it was very good acting. Oh, and then one they 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 both quit. Yeah, both of the salesmen quit because they don't want to... I mean, to be fair to the salesmen, they're taking a huge pay cut. They both have families. They both acknowledge that they have families. They're making commission on these vehicles, so the more they sell them for, the more they make. They're taking a pretty big pay cut. So you can't exactly blame them for quitting. Right. But also they're crooks, so there's that. And so, um, as a parting gift to the one... uh, quitting salesman the mecha- first of all the possibility of this event is it's questionable it's very questionable because um the guy drives uh, i think he drives back from lunch yeah gets out of his car goes into the the, the office a meeting with everybody there and then they're having a meeting and then he's the salesman storms off gets in his car and then the mechanic Right, and the mechanic, yeah, the mechanic comes back into the office, and he's like, "I gave him a parting present or something." He's like, "I hooked but up." But the mechanic was in the meeting, right? Yeah, that's the that's what I'm saying. Is the there's the, no the only time he would have had to do it is before the meeting, and there would have been <laughs> Which, no reason for him to do that. <laughs> and so he he somehow manages to I don't know what's that thing in Harry Potter where you can be two places at once. Whatever I don't know. Is that a thing? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, whatever. I don't know. But he he somehow pulls this off where he he's in the meeting, but is also <laughs> working on the hooking up the guy's uh, brake line to his horn. to his horn. Which I'm not sure about the technical possibility of that, but I'm no in such in such a fast way. Like it, it was like two minutes yeah, he, at best. Yeah, and he would have also had to get into the guy's car and drive it to the. Well, maybe no. I don't know. I don't know what the technical... Well, remember, he dropped the car off and asked him to put transmission fluid in it. Oh, yeah. So but then he's in the meeting, though. Yeah. So there was some time where he was doing work, but that was before the meeting. <laughs> Which doesn't... It, it doesn't make a know. whole lot of sense. Perhaps we shouldn't dwell too long yeah. on this. But it does lead to a funny moment. Where yeah, the, where he, the guy storms off to drive away, and every time he hits the brake, gets in his horn honks. Yeah. It's some good-natured fun. Yeah. Like Workplace the, uh, banter, like yeah, the hot sauce. Like the hot sauce, yeah. And fireproof, for those who haven't listened to that episode. Go yeah. back and <laughs> sit through that three-hour mess. Yeah, and then after that, Jay's father shows up at his shop. What's so weird about this 
is that it's established that Jay doesn't have a good relationship with his father and his father only talks to his wife because she, at the beginning of the movie, we established that uh, strained relationship because he, uh, his wife says when he gets home, your dad called today and Jay looks confused, but he's actually upset. <laughs> and, um, but then his dad shows up at the shop and they have this conversation of, and his dad says that he's proud of him for making this yeah this spiritual in his life. swing in his wife in his life, but it like his, felt like there was a subplot with the dad that they cut out of the movie, maybe. but they forgot to cut this scene out of the movie. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. Because all of a sudden he shows up, and just like Fireproof, his dad is like almost prophetic. Yeah, like the like this like the godlike father. Yeah, and he, I don't know. He for some reason decides to show up at the shop at that moment. Tells Jay that he's proud of him. Yeah, and okay, we to go back a little bit. So one of the things that sort of set this whole train of events off is when the minister buys the car from Jay. He prays with Jay and is like, "I hope that you treat Jay just like he's treated me today with this car." Which, super passive-aggressive prayer there. It was almost as though the minister knew he had gotten ripped off. But uh, that's when all of the bad stuff starts happening. But then this is another prayer scene where um, his father prays for him to be blessed and stuff like that. Yeah. And this all kind of culminates in Jay saying the line, Treat people right, it'll come back to you. Jay says that or his dad does? Jay says that. Okay. Which is... Buddhist karma. Yes. Like that's like what goes around comes around. Yeah. That's not consistent. Yeah. That's not exactly with, like, how, what Christianity teaches. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Which if you think about the Kendrick brother movies, they all sort of have that underlying element where if you do good things to people, good things are going to come back to you. Yep. Fireproof had it with, um, it just everything goes right. Caleb treating his wife right, and suddenly all of his problems are fixed. Yeah, facing the giants had the similar thing. Mm-hmm. With where he got a new truck and uh, he got a raise, and they had revival. It, yeah, it's much like the promises contained within this yes. uh, packet for the yeah. blessings handkerchief, the, the the sealed prophecies. Yeah, that have been mailed to you here. Yeah. Um, are very reminiscent of mm. what these movies are trying to communicate. Yeah. And then, yeah, he, it, and then he, he, oh, the, this young yeah, is that what college next? kid comes and asks for a job for the next six weeks because he has to go back to school and needs to fill his time. Yeah. And Jay's hesitant because he's like, I need someone full time. But the guy's like, I'll do it for minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jay acquiesces and this guy works for him. Then it turns out this guy is actually an investigative reporter mm-hmm. and, um, They've been investigating used car lots all across the United States, apparently, but only but six of them. Six of them. Because <laughs> the news report um, comes on later where they reveal this plot to investigate used car lots. <laughs> I love it's just presented as like this national crisis. This is the like, deep throat of yeah, our age. Yeah, domestic <laughs> terrorism going on in the used car lots. And they they say that like the, you know they yeah six car lots across the nation. It's like there's fifty states, man. That's just a small fraction of the. I don't know. It seemed like it could have been a little more. Uh, you, you you don't have a great sample size, right? Exactly, exactly. There's probably six car lots yeah. in like the vicinity of where we're doing this podcast yeah. that we could drive to in twenty minutes. We're in grad school. We know stats. <laughs> yeah. And and then uh, Jay decides to take a totally theocratic approach to his Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, he's like, this is God's used car lot now, and uh, my bank account is God's bank account. Yeah, so if he wants the car lot to fail, that's on him, essentially. Yeah, right. What he says. Like, not in so many words, but... That's basically what he says. And so he decides the right thing to do is to return the overcharge money that to all, every customer he's had in the last two years. Yeah. He's only been selling cars for two years. Yeah. Which I think 
isn't that that's like the movie I want to see is why is Jay <laughs> selling cars at like thirty five he decided to become a used car salesman? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but he decides to return the money. So there's uh, uh, like clips of him going to different people's houses and giving them like a thousand bucks here, twelve hundred bucks here. But then the last customer he goes to is this woman who's very upset at him for overcharging. Yeah, it would, she was actually the only one whose response I was like, okay, this is how I would respond mm-hmm. to somebody telling me they ripped me off a couple of years yeah. ago. It, yeah, and it's basi- this is basically a retelling of Zacchaeus. From, mm-hmm. yep. uh, yeah, I think they even refer- reference yeah. that in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's really mad at him, rebukes him, and tells him to get yeah, out. Sends him on his way. Yeah. Um, she does take the money, though, which who can blame? And they show the various reactions of people who are receiving this money. Remember the one lady he gives the money back to? She does that ridiculous scream and dance. It was She's almost like in her office. Uh, who's the guy on the radio who gets people out of debt? Dave Ramsey. Yeah, like you know how whenever they have people get out of debt, he has them come onto their radio, the radio oh, yeah, show, yeah. and do the scream. <laughs> it was almost like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah he's making restitution but he's also so the restitution he's doing that before the news broadcast yeah right? because yeah because basically the these reporters are wearing hidden cameras mm-hmm. and there's a clip on the news uh newscast of this reporter talking to jay which is a conversation they had earlier mm-hmm. but it's from that camera's perspective now yeah and he asked jay couldn't you make a little more money on these cars and jay's just like wouldn't be yeah i have, I have to life. live with yeah. being the owner of this business mm-hmm. so yeah i'm not gonna and do so that. out of the six car lots across the nation uh jay's all six of them yeah is singled out as like the the, the only honest, honest man yeah. yeah and so he has a huge he sells all of his cars in one day mm-hmm. because the banker is showing up that day to take everything from him yeah unless he has the money mm-hmm. to pay his bills yeah and that day he sells everything because of this live news broadcast that happened the night before or something like that. And so he uh, sells everything on his lot, pays his bills. And I love he, – he, he's behind the building praying, which Jay's always praying like like in weird positions. Yeah. I mean he's kneeling down. It's, right. it's not that weird of a thing I guess. It looks funny but it's not that weird of a thing I guess. I chuckled. I, didn't, I, I didn't howl too, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't howl with laughter. Yeah, and so he comes around the building, and there's this mob of people at a used car lot. It's like they're releasing the iPhone, <laughs> used Toyota wrapped around the building. Right, yeah, and they're all. He's like, someone comes up to him, is like, I would like a car, and someone's like, I was here first, like, mm-hmm. I, it's it's my turn, and so all these people are just vying for uh, the used cars, the front of the line, yeah. And he sells all of them, pays off his debts. And you said, at that point, you made the statement, and it's amazing. You were like, if Fireproof is a mixed drink, Flywheel is pure distilled Kendrick. Which is, couldn't have summed up this movie in a better way. Yeah, so what I meant by that, just for listeners, is like all of the tropes that Fireproof and Facing the Giants had they sort of couched them around story elements. This movie doesn't bother so much with the story elements. It's just the pure, unfiltered, you know, here is the message we're trying to give you. Mm -hmm. If you turn your life around, everything you want will be given to you. Yeah. And And, and all the dialogue is just, is like the other movies, it's just like exposition. mm -hmm. And you know how people say like, Lay Miz would be the same story if you cut out like a third, like a fourth of it. it like there's so much of it. Oh like, yeah, yeah. This movie, if you cut out seventy five percent of the dialogue, it would still be the oh, exact yeah, same I guess story. It would. You really don't need a lot of the stuff that's happening. No, in it. no. <laughs> and then, then the end of the movie, he get the triumph. It's is running, which I love. Triumph. Yeah. He is his triumph car running. Yeah. And then. The shots of him driving on the highway look like they're shot from a helicopter, but the camera, it looks like 
like shots of a high speed chase. <laughs> it's like when I was wondering if like he had to speed down the high, like it, it's they only had a twenty thousand yeah, dollar budget. Literally clips from a police helicopter because he was speeding down the highway. <laughs> they just they taped the nightly news broadcast of this speeding uh, guy on a triumph, and that's yeah, how they got the film for the movie. <laughs> like oh. But the credits said they had a pilot, so I guess they yeah. actually... Yeah. And then... Yeah, there's really... Like, the news broadcast thing goes on for far too long. It does. Yeah, because then they interview Jay about his honest business practices, but then the news finds out that... That he used to rip people off. Yeah. But then all of his old customers show up. All of them who have already bought a car from him converge upon the car lot and they support him in this newscast. And one of the people who are support... One of the actresses is the uh, his wife from facing the giants yeah. who is actually his wife maybe not i don't remember i don't think so don't yeah because they don't kiss and facing the giants yeah, right? i don't think so, that's his yeah. wife but it did make us think of something which is that perhaps the kendrick brothers have been building more than just movies they've been building one what one might call a kendrick cinematic universe yeah in which all of the movies are connected, telling a greater story, similar to what Marvel has been doing with the Avengers. So you have uh, Jay Austin, who his wife from Facing the Giants is in the background of Flywheel. Yeah. So perhaps the marriage between Jay Austin and his wife in this movie doesn't work out and they get together yeah. later on. We also find at the end of this movie, when... Jay Austin is going to pick his kid up at school. He goes into the school. We're thinking perhaps that's when he applies for the job of high school football yeah, coach. Yeah, Becomes the coach of the team in Facing the Giants. Yeah. And that's also when we find out that his son's in third grade. <laughs> yeah. And all these kids in this third grade class are like yeah. tweens at the youngest. <laughs> but um, so we're thinking that perhaps there's more going on here than just, uh, yeah. just a movie. And but, we'll... Look into that more as we continue to watch these Kendrick brother uh, movies. Yeah, what other connections were there? There was one character at the car lot who was wearing what looked like yeah. a uniform from the high school where yeah, uh, yeah, he facing was, the Giants. Yeah, because uh, Coach Taylor in Facing the Giants always wears that like maroon polo yeah. and ill-fitting khaki pants, <laughs> and this guy shows up to the lot with. A maroon polo and ill-fitting khaki pants. So we're thinking, which again, with this movie, costuming, amazing. On, yeah, on point costuming. Which I'm pretty sure in this movie they were just wearing their own clothes. Yeah. I didn't see anything there, yeah, in the no credits, credits about too. costumes. So yeah, we're thinking Kendrick Cinematic Universe could really... It's starting to pay off. You know, it took a couple of years for the Avengers to really hit big. Right, yeah. And I think but now we're starting to see yeah, the culmination. Now we're cooking. Yeah, with uh, the new movie coming out from the Kendrick Brothers, yeah. Overcomer. And we still have yet to watch Courageous as well, so That's we'll true. see if... And War Room. That was Kendrick Brothers, wasn't it? I think maybe it was, yeah. yeah. So perhaps all these movies are tied together in their sameness. Yeah. Um, and that's... Yeah, that's really all. Know, There's like, there are more details, but none of them really matter enough to talk about. I know it's just it's so disjointed. Yeah, but it is the same formula, and this is the formula. Yeah, like this is the in in the Kendrick brothers' house in a safe in the basement, locked away behind a combination, is the script for Flywheel. Which whenever they're making a new movie, you know they they bring that script out and they're like, here are all the points we need to hit. Yeah. And I guess the raises, um, so in Christian movies, we have the Kendricks and we have Cameron. Yeah, this is an important question, I yeah. think. One, perhaps, which we ought to present to our audience to answer as yeah, well. Yeah, let's put this out there. Um, ben, are you Team Kendrick or Team Cameron? So, just to be clear, we're talking of a friend of the podcast, Kurt Cameron. Yes, yes. And the Kendrick brothers, who have not yet confirmed themselves as friends of the podcast, right, but, but we're pretty sure the relationship is strong. Yeah. I have to say though that I am Team Cameron. Team Cameron, yeah, yeah I, I think, I think so too. I, uh, there, you can't match unhinged Cameron, right? And uh, but we have to acknowledge that the uh, the teaming up of Kendrick and Cameron and Fireproof, Fireproof made for a produced the best unhinged Cameron. Yes, 
So yeah, that's and that's basically like you know Scorsese and De Niro, you know, like in the, Christian film. When uh, when uh, Avengers: Infinity War came out, Marvel announced that it was the the greatest cinematic crossover in history. I beg to differ. Me too. I think Fireproof. Yes. With the bringing together of the the cinematic minds of the Kendrick brothers and the pure unbridled rage of unhinged Cameron in one film mm. was the greatest yes. cinematic crossover in film history. And maybe someday they'll team up again, yeah. I hope. I would love to see it. Me too. But, so, yeah, flywheels. Do we even have our guiding questions? Yeah, they <laughs> All right. We need to talk about these guiding questions here. Um, was there any truth in this movie? These <laughs> used car commercials. <laughs> yeah, the used car Very commercials. Very realistic. It was perfect. Um, but besides that, not really. It was the same. It was the same formula of you have a bad life. Yeah, get Jesus. Everything turns around in your life. Yeah, here. great. Karma gospel. Yep. Prosperity gospel. Yep. Uh, did it handle its material well? I mean, it's the classic Kendrick Brothers problem. They don't know how to do workplace banter. Right. They don't really know how to act. They don't really know how to do um, like family interactions with each other, even. Right. So, it, yeah. Everything's bad and awkward. So no. Should this movie have been made? Eh. I. Uh, Who can say? <laughs> I don't. It, it, I like. There might be a seed of something in there, but it's not. It's not this movie. Right. Who would you recast? Now you said something last night when we were watching it that made me think, and I think you could replace Alex Kendrick. With um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Um, uh, the Shining main character. Oh, uh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. His wife with Shelley Duvall. Yeah. The kid with the kid from The Shining. <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> it would be perfect. Perfect. All three main characters replace them with the, the characters from The Shining. You could even replace. The token black character oh, in Flywheel with oh. <laughs> the janitor of the Overlook. Uh, Mister, yeah, what did, I can't. I forget his name in The Shining, but just replace all of the characters with characters from The Shining. I think this could have made a great horror movie. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot Jack Nicholson's name. That's embarrassing. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have any recasts that you would like to do? Um, I don't know. Nothing comes to mind. <laughs> I think I think you nailed it with the the just the shining the shining cast yeah. yeah I think that that really would be good um, <laughs> you you can imagine the the here's Johnny of Alex Kendrick <laughs> <laughs> all right um, did anything knock your socks off in fact you might say you could replace the cast of The Shining with the cast of this movie oh, just to see that how that would play out would <laughs> the best. <laughs> Anything knock your socks off. Again, the used car sales commercial was fantastic. Yeah. Kendrick playing a very confused Jack Torrance. <laughs> All work to play makes Jack a boy. <laughs> when he bashes it, the axe through the door and he looks in and his face is just <laughs> insane. <laughs> really like that shot where Jack Torrance is staring out the window. It's just... Kendrick looking confused. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, did anything knock your socks off? This is the, again the used car commercial. I think that was excellent costuming. The excellent. way that the parents in this movie just like treated their kid as though he wasn't he didn't exist like they had massive arguments with each other and he's just sitting there like the scene in Breaking Bad when Walter White and Skyler are arguing and Jesse's sitting there with a glass of water in his yeah. mouth just holding it up <laughs> that was oh what it gosh. felt like uh, would you watch this again or recommend it I would say I recommend it for the, the pure <laughs> distilled Kendrick that you spoke so fondly of I would simply say, if you want to watch Flywheel, watch one of the later Kendrick Brothers movies. You're going to see the same movie, and it'll be better. 
I feel like with some of these movies and some of these like same directors, the, the more we get into this podcast, the more we're going to start recommending movies to people. <laughs> I think we're going to lose our minds at some yeah, point. Yeah, we've fallen deep into yeah. a dark hole and we're not coming back out. No. Especially since that judge told us we had to do this for the rest oh, of our no. lives. It's a deep hole. It's <laughs> right. a grave, in fact. What What would you rate this movie? Hmm. Two potato chips. Two potato chips. Uh, Although maybe three, just because I'm starting to appreciate the Dickendrixian aspect <laughs> of these movies. They do They do have an aspect to them. <laughs> That's right. They do have an aspect. I think that I would rate this movie um, two frozen pizzas. Two frozen pizzas. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Flywheel. And I almost it almost makes me wish that I could have watched Courageous instead. <laughs> yeah, but at least it wasn't the Omega, Omega Code. Code. <laughs> All right, so for our viewers, we'd like to hear, uh, have you seen Flywheel? What did you think of it? Uh, I, I guess the big question for this podcast is Team Kendrick or Team Cameron. Yeah, let us know. Hashtag it on Twitter. Yes. Which you can reach us at Better Day Cast. Yeah. You can also follow us on Instagram at Better Day Podcast. And you can email us at betterdaypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, movie recommendations, or if you ever wanted to marry one of your parents when you were younger, <laughs> let us know. All right. And yeah. Is, is that all we got? <laughs> I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so long. <laughs>